and welcome to Morning Coffee with Jesus. I'm Rebecca and today we're going to be talking about faith exchange. So if you've ever wanted to know how can you use your faith and what does it actually do for you, you're going to want to stick around for today's message. We're talking about faith exchange. And I love this because um, I was thinking about this the other day about how in our world, we have to have certain types of currencies, right? Well, if we don't, we're not able to make an exchange for a particular purchase. And so this is what got me thinking about this of our faith. Faith is the currency of heaven. And if you've never heard that before, you should get excited because we are learning this morning about how to make an exchange, how we can draw on our heavenly account and have the things that God's word says we can have. Because a lot of times, if we don't know what the word of God says, we're like, yeah, you know, I want that, but I don't know how to get it. Well, this morning, we're going to learn how we can get those things that the Bible says we can have. We're going to get into his word. We're going to find out what he says we can have and how we can obtain those. I want to use, though, a money um, example to help you understand this spiritual principle. Let's say we're going to use $50 as our example. Let's say God has $50 and he says, it's yours. You can have it. He's saying, I have this for you. All you have to do is take it. Now, how can we relate this back to spiritual side of things? Well, when we read the word of God, there are promises in his word that he says are ours. And so all we have to do is receive those things. We have to take what he says is ours. So what are some of those things that he says are ours? Um, well, healing. He took stripes on his back for our healing. Did you know that healing is not based off of how good you are? all the restrictions that we may put in place. He took stripes on his back. Whether we receive the gift of healing or not, that's based off of, are we receiving what he's given to us? So prosperity, um, he wants us to have a sound mind, all of these things, right? So if he has, again, we're going to go back to a natural example. If he has this $50 and he says, this is yours, all you have to do is take it. And we're like, ooh, that sounds good. I, I'll i take that. So we take that $50. So now the $50 is in our possession, right? Just like reading the word of God and we find out that his word says he wants us to be healed. His word says he wants us to be rich. His word tells us and you fill in the blank, right? And we're excited about those things and we take it, right? We say, okay, I'll take the, that. But... We're going to go back to the natural example. A lot of times what happens is we read what God's word says and we take that word and we get it on the inside of us, but we misplace it. We don't use it and we can forget about it. I've done this recently to where I had a gift card that's, I guess, 
someone gave me. I don't know where it came from, to be honest with you. That's how long ago it's been since I've gotten this. Forgot all about it. I think it's probably been a couple years that I've had this and I didn't even know I had it um, because I forgot about it because I misplaced it. I recently found it in our laundry basket full of unmatched socks. So what happens is we will sometimes take what we've read and we're excited about it. We're like, yes, Lord, I want that. That's mine. And then we misplace it. We don't use it. We forget about it. Well, if we don't make an exchange with what he's given to us, then we're not going to be able to enjoy it. Just like that $50. If we don't go to a store and say, I want this, and we hand them that money, then there's no exchange going to be made. So God has given each one of us a measure of faith. And he's saying, this is yours. I've given it to you. So we can take that measure of faith, that initial exchange, right? And do nothing with it. Well, if we don't use our faith, our faith doesn't grow. Do you know your faith is like a muscle? And we have to use that muscle in order for it to grow, in order to get stronger. Just like in the physical, if we don't work out these muscles, guess what? They're not going to look so nice and, you know, buff and good. They're going to be flabby and looking not great. We've got to take care of this body. We've got to take care of our spirit. We've got to take care of our mind. So that's why we're talking about faith exchange, learning how to use faith and benefit from what God's word says is ours. Now, Let's go back to our normal example because we don't want to get to the place to where we're hoarding up that $50, hoarding up that faith, right? Saving it for a rainy day. If you've ever done this before, no condemnation. We're learning today how we can put faith into action, how we can get things working in our life. So we take that money, right? We're not going to hoard it up. We're not going to just let it lie dormant. We're going to begin to use it. We're going to begin to use what God has given to us. Now, here's the next thing about it. With Let's go back to the $50. If we have $50 and we want something that's $45, okay? We give the $50 and now... They give us change back, right? So now we have $5. We started with 50. We're down to five. We have to continually be putting into ourselves, into our spirit to replenish what's going out, what we're spending, right? Just like natural money. Um, if you spend all of your money and you have no work, you have um, no investments, nothing to get you money back, then, well, you've capped out. That's the end. But God has more than enough for us, and all we have to do is continue to fill ourselves up to where we can use that faith and continue to make that exchange. So I want to start in Hebrews 11, 6 this morning. We're going to read out of the NIV. It says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. Guys, what was the first part? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. We have to have faith. And a lot of times we'll say, I don't have faith. Well, we're going to find out in just a minute that we do have faith. Sometimes it's just lie dormant and it's like that $50 that we misplaced. We still have it. It's in our house somewhere, but it's about locating it and then using it. Now, the next verse that I want to read to you guys is in Romans 12, 3. It says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. What did that just say? God has dealt to each one, not this person, not to one person, not to 50, to each person, to every single one of us, a measure of faith. Think about that. He's given us the starting point that we need. He's given us all the things necessary in order for us to excel in this exchange of life, right? In this exchange in the spirit realm. But are we utilizing what God has given us? Are we using that faith that God has put on the inside of us from the very moment we became a being? Are we using that to call things into existence? Are we using that to change the impossible and make it possible? Because we know that with God, all things are possible to him who believe. But if we don't believe it, then guess what? It is impossible to you. There's another verse in James 2.17 that tells us, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So what does that mean? Well, let's read it in the Amplified first because I like the way that it brings out a little bit more detail to it. It says, so also faith, if it does not have works, deeds, and actions of obedience to back it up by itself is destitute of power, inoperative, dead. Faith, when it is not in action of obedience to the instruction or the word that God has given to us, we have nothing to back up our faith with. That's like us just going outside and yelling something and hoping or wishing that it comes to be. But there's no concrete foundation to it to give us reassurance that what we just spoke out of our mouth will come to be. But when God gives you his word, when we read his promises in his word, now we have something to stand on. So when we say it out of our mouth and the enemy tries to come back and say, that's not possible. You can't have that. Look at what you did. Look at who you are. Look at where you're at. That is not going to phase you. Why? Because we have a firm foundation in the word of God and we have something to back up our obedience with. That's what we have to have. We have to have that firm foundation in order to be able to stand even when things don't look good, 
even when it doesn't happen the moment we think it should happen? Are we going to be able to continue to stand in faith through it all? With God, we can. By ourselves, we cannot. So we've got to remain in faith, remain in His Word in order to have what He says we can have. Now, what are some scriptures that we can use um, to kind of help build this faith? Well, one that we have to know is 2 Corinthians 5, 7. It says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. I love what my dad's always said is we walk by faith and not by our five senses. Because if we're looking at all of our five senses and we're basing our decisions off of that, then right there we have limited anything that can happen in our life because we cannot go beyond what we can think in our mind, right? So we're already saying, well, that's impossible. So we can only make it to this point. But when we're walking by faith, faith takes the limits off of what we can see, off of what our mind sees as impossible. And now we're saying, no, I know that I have faith because God's given me a measure of faith. God's word says I can have it, even though in the natural, it doesn't seem possible. If I'm obedient to God's word, like we just read in the other scripture, and we're basing it off of his word and what he says he's made available to us, then we're able to make that exchange. We're able to speak words out of our mouth that are not just autopilot words, not just wishful things that are coming out of our mouth, but they are words of faith and they are producing a tangible result here on the earth. Is that not so cool? I love how that that works. And again, it can seem so simple, um, so simple that people are like, that's too good to be true. Well, I'm here to tell you it's not too good to be true. It's just that easy. It's a matter of getting this mind to lined up with God's word and not line it up with the world system of what they say you can have and what you can't have. Not to let yourself look at you and say, I can't have that because, right? Because we all have those moments to where we can finish that sentence of, well, I can't do that because, I can't have that because, and all that is, is that's lies from the enemy. And we have taken that lie and we have made it become truth inside of us. Therefore, that's what's coming out of our mouth. And so when we stop and say, "Ooh, well, no, I don't want to say those things anymore. It's good to have an accountable partner that can say, "Ooh, hey, is that really what you want in your life? To where they can help you to stay in faith to where you're saying the right things in your life and then you don't get off track. Again, we have all missed it at some point. So if that's been you, if that was you yesterday, that was at you five minutes ago, don't get in condemnation. Don't let the enemy be like, see, I told you you tried and it doesn't work. Yeah, you tried that. Remember, you failed at that. You failed at that. You didn't complete this. All it takes is one time of being able to complete what you've set your mind to, to be able to be like, no, I did it here. And then when something else comes, no, I did it there, so I know I can do it again. Then you've got two things. Then you're like, well, I did it there and I did it there, right? So it's a constant building of the faith, just like your muscles, right? We went back to faith as a muscle. 
if you are like, I'm going to, you know, lift whatever, pick a number on the weight that you want to lift, right? Well, if you can barely lift 10 pounds now, then saying I want to lift 100 pounds, that's a great goal. But are you going to be able to do it tomorrow? No, you're going to have to work yourself to it. So you start with where you're at and you're like, oh, this is so stupid. Everyone else can, you know, do so much more or look at their life and look how much faith they have. And when they pray, it just happens immediately. Guys, stop comparing yourself to everyone else and look at you, right? You got to start with yourself. You don't know where that person started from. All you're seeing is where they're currently at. So start with where you're at. And say, all right, I got five pounds. We're going to do this. And then you're like, oh, man, these are really light today. So you bump it up. You're like, oh, man, I'm a little sore. But you start doing that. And then you're like, oh, hey, these are lighter. What's happening? Your muscles are growing. They're getting enabled to handle more. Well, just like when we use our faith, we may not have faith for you know something that we consider big and huge. It may be, I'm believing for a green light today. I'm believing for a front row parking, right? <clears throat> Start where you're at. Then as those things begin to work and operate in your life, keep a log. I love doing this. Anytime something small, medium, big happens in my life, I try and write it down. Because I know that the enemy is always going to come and try and steal the word away from me. He's always going to try and convince me that I can't have the next thing that I'm believing for. But with faith exchange, when I'm writing down all those small things, when I got that front row parking, when someone paid for my coffee or my meal or whatever it was, someone gave me a new outfit, then what, what am I doing? It may be like, okay, well, that's not a big deal. But when you start adding it up, you realize, wow, well, that had to have been God because that doesn't just happen to everybody. And so when the enemy comes and tries to tear you down and tell you that you can't and bring down that faith, right? We can go back to what we wrote down and be like, well, God did this for me. He did this for me. And by the time you get to the end of your list, your faith has been built back up to where you're like, Psh, Satan, you don't even know what you're talking about. And you're able to then talk to him in a completely different way. Now we can talk in more confidence without letting him weaken us and bring us down low. We're supposed to be above him. He's supposed to be under our feet. And sometimes we put him on a pedestal and think he's so big, he's so bad, and I just can't do anything. I can't resist him. Well, we can. But again, in our own self, we cannot. We have to have God on the inside of us leading and guiding us so we do make the right steps. I think of the minefields where they have all those like explosives in the field. You don't know where they are, um, but you know they're out there. Well, one wrong step is what going to cause an explosion and it can end your life. But if you are the one that knows exactly where each one of them are, you're able to maneuver through all of them and make it to the other side unharmed because you already knew where they were. <laughs>
Well, we can do that with the enemy to where God gives us instruction and he tells us where to go, when to be there. And when we're listening to him and we're obedient, then guess what? We're going to be right where we need to be when we need to be there. And it doesn't matter what the enemy tried to put in front of our way. It's not going to stop us from getting to where God says we can be because we're in tune with the Holy Spirit and we're following him and it makes life easier. Now, does I, does that make everything great and we're still going to get it all right? No, sometimes we give into our flesh and we're like, <clears throat> I don't want to go that way today, Lord. I like this way. The scenery is better or this way is faster. And God's like, yes, normally it's faster, but there's a wreck down this road today. So you need to go this way. So the longer way will actually be the shorter way. But when we get into our own self, we can get off track and then be like, ah, how did I miss it? Guys, again, no condemnation. We just have to be quick to repent and say, Lord, forgive me. All right, how do I get back to where I need to be? Just getting that course corrected, making a U-turn and saying, all right, Lord, let me do it your way. I should have done that in the first place. But, you know, just like a, a kid, you know, parents will tell their kids something and we know the consequences that come with why we're telling them that. And sometimes they don't hear a word you're saying. They're just like, oh, you're taking away all my fun. And, you know, you just don't understand. Things were different back then. Guys, don't be that immature child that doesn't listen to what God's saying. God already knows what's up ahead. So don't shrug him off and say, you don't know what I'm, I'm going through, Lord. He knows exactly what you're going through. That's why he's trying to help you. That's why he wants to lead and guide you. This is what leads me to Romans 10, 17, because it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, not just hearing one time. It says by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it's a constant thing that we have to do. We have to have God's word put on the inside of us every single day. If not, it's just like we have that faith that we're originally given and then we put it away and we forget about it. We've got to continue to remind ourselves we have faith. God gave me faith. So I'm going to use it. Don't open this Bible and say, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. Use your faith. Say, Lord, you've given me faith. You said that you would make the mysteries known to me. So as I read this today, show me, reveal to me what this is saying. Guys, you don't have to read an entire chapter and be like, okay, I read my chapter for the day. I got nothing out of it, but whoo, mark that one off. Read one verse. Say, Lord, show me depth in this particular verse and read it. And then you don't have to sit there and be like, okay, 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 uh, man. And then get frustrated because you didn't get anything. All day long, you can meditate on that particular verse. When you're driving to work, you can be like, that verse said this. All right, Lord, thank you for that wisdom. You continue on through your day. Sometime, maybe you're on lunch and then you're like, oh yeah, that verse said this. Thank you, Lord, for that wisdom. You may be driving home. All of a sudden, you look out the window and you see something and the Lord's like, that's what that verse means. And you're like, oh, right? So it's not something we're stressing over. It's not something we're like 
you know, banging our head against the wall and like, oh, I just don't get it. Make it simple. Keep it simple. The word is meant to where even kids can understand it. So don't make it so complex that we're like, man, I've got to read between the lines and what does this say and what does it really mean? Take it for what it is. Get that part. Then he can start maybe showing you something else in that verse. Guys, I've been raised in church my whole life. And there's verses that I read today that I'm like, wow, I have never got that out of that verse before. Why? Because faith is a muscle. It grows. So where I was at back then and where I am now, they're two different things. So I couldn't take what was going on here. I wouldn't have been able to uh, fully comprehend it, right? I think of parents really in this situation too, because when I was growing up, and I wasn't married, I didn't have kids of my own, you know, <clears throat> and I probably shouldn't say this, but it, it's true. So I'm going to tell you anyways. Um, I kept a journal, okay? You can call it a diary, whatever. But literally every day I would log um, and write down my day, blah, blah, blah. Well, I actually created a list, because I'm a list person, of all the things I would never do as a parent. Like things my parents did. And I was like, oh, I hated it that they did it. Right. And so I was like, I will never. And so I would write out things that I would never do as a parent. And now I have kids and I can look back at that list and be like, I think I've done every single one of those things I said I would never do. Why? Because back then, before I had kids, to me, what my parents were telling me I couldn't do and all that things, um, I didn't understand why they were telling me those things. But now that I have kids, I'm like, oh, my parents were smarter than I thought they were, right? So God will tell us things in his word that sometimes we don't want to hear. Sometimes we're like, ooh, that was a correction. Oh, that means I'm going to have to change some things. Oh, I don't want to do that. That's going to go in one ear and out the other. But we can't get to the place to where it goes in one ear and out the other. Because Matthew eleven fifteen tells us, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, there's a couple different verses that I'm going to read that refer to hearing. Like Mark 4, 9, it says, and he said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So he's saying it in two different places here, right? So there's something going on that we need to pay attention to. Well, if we actually read the whole chapter and things like that, which I'm not for sake of time, but I'm going to kind of paraphrase a little bit here for you. He's talking about how people can hear the word of God, but just because we have ears and we hear words, it doesn't mean that we really comprehend what's being said. As a mom, as a wife, as a friend, there have been times people have talked to me and said something to me and I hate to say it, but I didn't hear a word they said. Why? I was preoccupied. There were other things going on. And then they come back later and they're like, well, I already, we, you already said that you would do that. Or you don't remember us having this conversation. And I'm like, no, when did we have this conversation? If we get so busy and so distracted with everything else around us, it's going to be hard for us to hear and comprehend what God's word's telling us because we have so many other things that we're trying to filter out through life. 
We've got to set aside time to where we can really hear from God. And I know a lot of you are like, I have such a busy schedule. This isn't going to work. I want to encourage you that you are able to set aside time throughout your day. It may be when you're going to the restroom. It may be when you're taking a shower. It may be when you're driving to work, home, picking up the kids, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, this whole hour that you've set out and you're like, leave me alone. I'm locking the door. Don't talk to me. No, it can be five minutes here and there. But be diligent in getting quiet before the Lord so he can talk to you and you hear him without all of the distractions around you. Because if we go and reread the whole chapter in Mark, he gives different examples of people and how they hear. For one, he talks about the wayside. Um, those who hear by the wayside, Satan is able to come immediately and steal away the word that was sown into their life. And that's what happens so many times. We go and we hear a word from God and we are like, yes, Lord, I want that. I'm going to have that. And the enemy comes immediately to steal that away from us and starts talking to us things pop up um, maybe you got a revelation that you know you heard that god wants you to be prosperous and you're like yes and then all of a sudden you have a flat tire and now you got to buy a new tire or an unexpected bill came in or you know all of the things the enemy's going to try what well, he can to get you off focus and forget what you just received then the other way that people hear is by stony ground. And this is where we hear and we receive the word, right? So that's good. We took it. It's like taking that $50, but there's no roots that are formed. So we start to try and resist and hang in there with faith. But because we don't have any roots, because we just took that initial one word, we believed it, we received it at that moment. We're not able to stand and endure for a long period of time because we don't have anything else to back up what we're speaking in faith. The next thing is those on thorny ground. Those are the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world choke out the word. And this happens so many times to people to where we go to church and we listen and we hear the word and we're like, yes, thank you, Lord. That's exactly what I needed. And then we start focusing on everything in life, all of the bills, all of the problems, all of the struggles, all of what's happening on, um, you know, the news. And we what? Start choking out the word, the truth, the promise that God says we can have. But here's the good part. You can get on good ground to where we hear the word, we accept the word, and then we actually begin to bear fruit. We have those results because we're making that faith exchange. Is that not so good? God wants us to have everything his word says. It's a matter of using the faith that we have and seeing it through to where we do have those roots that are formed. So again, it's not just a one-time thing. We have to constantly be filling ourselves up because just because we have faith and we use it one time and it works for us, what happens is just like that $50, we spend 45 of it. We only have five left 
We've got to find something that's able to replenish, able to grow to where it's a constant filling up that bank account to where we can spend and use more. So are we, one, getting into God's word to where we're finding out the gifts and the promises that he says are ours? Or are we just like, well, that'd be nice. I don't know if God says I can have it or not. So that's up to him. God has given us power and authority here on this earth to where we can speak things into existence. He wants us to use our faith to make that exchange, right? Faith is the currency of heaven. So are we using that faith to bring things into existence? Mark 4, 23 through 25, it says, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. That he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has to him, more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now, I want you to focus on the part here where it says, With the same measure that is used, it will be measured back to you. So are we using our faith to make that exchange because he wants to give back to you. Don't let the enemy lie to you. Don't let him tell you you can't have what God's word already says you can have. Because when we allow what Satan says to conflict with what God's word says, we're letting the enemy have higher reign than God. And a lot of times we don't want to look at it from that perspective, but that's really what's happening is we're saying, I believe what Satan says because it makes more sense. But if we want the impossible to become possible, we're going to have to say, Satan, you always limit me. You always tell me I can't. You're always putting me down. God is always lifting me up. He's always bringing me higher. He's always trying to elevate my thinking. He's always trying to grow me and excel me. I want what God has. I don't want where you keep trying to stick me in a hole to where you keep trying to pull me down to where you keep trying to tell me I've plateaued and I can't go any further. I want what God has. And I will have what God has because he's given me faith and I'm using it to make an exchange for what his word says I have. And it's coming and it's working in my life. I hope this has blessed you guys and it's helped you to understand faith, to be able to use it as an exchange to draw from your heavenly account and tap into more of what God says he's made available to you. If you have any prayer requests, you can always email me at morningcoffeewithjesus at hotmail.com. But we want you to know that we love you, God loves you, and you're never too young or too old to fulfill the call. Thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you next week.